It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry, we didn't have a podcast yesterday. More on that in just a second. But first, you can follow on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. Coming up in just a second, a Locked On Chargers crossover. Just a reminder, the reason I didn't have a podcast yesterday, the reason I'm recording this late at night, 10 at night Eastern time, it's pretty simple. And we've all been there one way or the other. I've been training, 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 and unpacking, unpacking, unpacking. But uh, I appreciate your patience. I appreciate those who have stuck around and haven't unfollowed. I promise you I will still be interested in the Bengals, but I also have a job to do here in Cleveland. And that being said, the more I get acclimated, the more I get used to the job. Again, we're only two days in. Um, The more easier this process is going to be, the more time I'll have, the more I'll know my schedule, the easier it's going to be for me um, to get things uh, acclimated here and to get things back on a normal schedule. I I assume that's going to happen as soon as later this week, early next week. It's not going to take long. It's not going to take long. I promise you I'm going to work my tail off and make sure we have Locked on Bengals going at full strength soon. That being said, what better way to get a pretty much a Wednesday show started than by talking with Daniel Wade and John Kegley from Locked on Chargers. I talked with them earlier tonight, uh, about 10 minutes ago or so. Here's my conversation with them. And yes, I admit, I don't think the Bengals are going to win Sunday, but that doesn't mean we can't talk Bengals, we can't talk Chargers. Plus, John was really pessimistic with the Chargers' chances. So that was interesting too, which the 9-3 Chargers, who did the Bengals a favor, by the way, with winning the other day uh, against the Steelers. It was just, it was cool to see, right? As a Bengals fan, it was like, oh, at least the Steelers collapsed. Um, it's been rough, and I'm I'm sorry. that This is a week, I feel like, where we need a lot of venting. If you want to, don't forget the Locked on Bengals hotline is hot and ready for you to do what? Call it, 513-666-0328. That's 513-666-0328. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Daniel Wade and John Kegley from Locked On Chargers. Welcome into a crossover edition of the Locked On Bengals and Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm James Erpine along with Daniel Wade and John Kegley. And uh, guys, this is the tale of two teams this Sunday, one of which will be playing in January, the other trending downward in, in a lot of fans don't even want the Bengals to be playing in December. Uh, the Bengals losing streak continues. They've lost six of seven. Meanwhile, the chargers continue to ascend and continue to um, rise up as they make their playoff push. Yeah, it really is. I mean, obviously I feel for you covering this team uh, with their fourth straight loss this past weekend against the Broncos and I was really hoping you guys would pull that off because even though I know 
The Chargers are sitting pretty right now. If the Chargers were to lose the rest of their games and the Broncos were to win, because the Chargers opened that door a little bit, it could things could still change. So I definitely feel for you guys. I wish that you guys could have at least pulled off that one for us. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think a lot of fans wish it too. By the way, you can follow Locked On Chargers at Locked On LAC. And you can follow Locked On Bengals at Locked On Bengals. Um, guys, let's dive into this matchup. Uh, the first thing I, I want to ask you, and it's been an, an issue, it's been a topic ever since the Chargers moved from San Diego to Los Angeles, is their home field advantage or lack thereof? Obviously, they're a really good team. I think a lot of people um, outside looking in have picked them to be a, a dark horse. And I don't even know if you could consider them a dark horse, but a contender to win the AFC um, and that was earlier in the season, and now it seems like they're delivering on that. But they moved to L.A. How much is L.A. in on the Chargers? How's that home field advantage for the home team? Well, you know, John actually goes to pretty much every game at StubHub, so I'll go ahead and let this take one, but I can tell you it's not good. <laughs> it is definitely not good. And Let's just go over a few games first. So. Like the Chiefs game opening day, the Chargers have all these these hyped up rumors about them that could they could go to the Super Bowl, they could win the AFC West. They're the favorites. It could be the Rams versus Chargers in the Super Bowl. All this stuff, and yet it was more Chiefs fans than Charger fans week one. And then as the season goes on, it's kind of the same story every week. It's more 49er fans. Uh, the Raider game was actually surprisingly. More Charger fans than Raider fans, but there was still a lot of Raider fans. And even when there's not as many of the opposing team there, they are still louder. The Bronco game was ridiculous. The, there was a lot of Bronco fans. There was like a sea of orange, and they were loud. That was a soccer stadium with only 27,000 seats in it, and that place was echoing from Bronco fans. And in the Cardinal game, there was no Cardinal fans. There's maybe like... I would say maybe a thousand at the most Cardinal fans at that game. And the tickets were the cheapest they've been all season. There was tickets that reached up to like $44 cheapest. The average this year has been like $90 at least if you're lucky. And no one showed up to the game. It was an empty stadium. So it's there is no real home field advantage at this stadium. And I've been to a couple of away games this year. I went to the Rams game at the Coliseum, Seattle, and I went to Oakland. And even with the season the Raiders are having, there was almost a full stadium of Raider fans in Oakland compared to what's in L.A. with a winning team. Yeah, it's it's really interesting from afar. I mean, this Chargers team is nine and three. They do what they did in prime time against the Steelers, which was an awesome comeback. And that's the one thing you talk about being happy. I know Bengals fans were happy to watch you guys do what you did, Daniel, because it was um, it, it was just music to, to Bengals fans' ears. Obviously, you have A.J. Green's injury. I'm sure you'll ask me about that and all the injuries this team has dealt with. It's been a rough two months, really, for this Bengals team and for the fans. And so to see the Steelers go down, at, at least you guys, before you potentially beat the Bengals this week, at least you helped out the, the fans of Cincinnati. Yeah, well, we were happy to have that happen, and especially <laughs> in the fashion in which it happened having the Steelers never blown a 14 or a 16-point lead at home. I mean, 
just ridiculous numbers what they've been able to do when they get up by that margin. But yeah, just a great game. I was pretty sure it was over when the Steelers scored with 12 seconds left in the first half. And the Chargers caught a ton of breaks, which is definitely not their MO. They're used to having those balls bounce the other way. But just a huge game for Charger fans to actually have some reason to believe that this Chargers team can win a big game, can win a primetime game against a good team. Because so far in this season, the only good team the Chargers beat were the Seahawks. And the Seahawks weren't great when they played them. So it was huge for Charger fans. But at the end of the day, James, just like you guys want to beat the Steelers, Charger fans aren't going to really believe it until they can take down the Chiefs. And that's that's a good way to, to segue and talk about the Chiefs because I, obviously you look and, and everyone likes Pat Mahomes and he's been great for my fantasy team and the, the Chiefs, you know, they, they lead the division. And I think everyone assumed that the division was wrapped up, but it's not. I mean, the, the Chargers are one game back. Do you think they have a realistic shot here? Obviously a very winnable game Sunday a realistic shot at potentially skipping or jumping the Chiefs and and winning the division. Yeah, I don't believe so. I mean, even with that game against the Chiefs on the schedule, you have a chance to pull within the same record of the Chiefs. But at the same time, since you lost that Broncos game, which we talked about since the Chargers did, that is, there's no way that even with beating the Chiefs, can they get a better divisional record than the Chiefs can? So that means they have to lose one more game. So, I mean, you look at maybe that Ravens game coming up for the Chiefs as really, I mean, one of their toughest games left. But I don't really feel confident that the Ravens can keep up offensively with the Chiefs. So even though it does seem like they got a lot closer, and obviously we all know that the huge news dropped this week, that the Chiefs released Kareem Hunt, that definitely shrinks the gap a little bit. But I still think the division at this point is a little bit too far out of reach. Yeah, this and is, go ahead. And with Kareem Hunt being gone, that means nothing really, because as far as the Chargers are concerned, when we played against the Kareem Hunt Chiefs, we held Kareem Hunt pretty well. Our worry has always been. Tyreek Hill, and he is still there. So is even without Kareem Hunt, this Chiefs team is still a worry. And if you look at their schedule, they have the next three games are going to be the Ravens, the Chargers, and then the Seahawks. And their last game is the Raiders. But they play the Seahawks in Seattle, and the Chiefs play the Ravens and the Chargers at home. So it's a tough three-game stretch for them, but they have to lose – to those those games, and the Chargers have to win out. This is a locked on Bengals and locked on Chargers crossover. What is it about Philip River? I mean, he is, and I don't get to watch him a ton, but he's probably my favorite quarterback, uh, or one of them. I'll say I'm not going to say favorite, but one of my my mm-hmm. favorite quarterbacks to watch. And he kind of goes, especially over here, you know, in Cincinnati and now in Cleveland, but in Ohio, in this area, I feel like not a lot of people look at Philip Rivers as a guy who's, who's up there. But to me, he's probably a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. And I know he's got to win more in the playoffs, and people will say that. But to me, he might be uh, – he's right there with Ben Roethlisberger from a talent perspective. 
different talent, but he's right up there out of that draft class. I think he's better than Eli. What makes Philip Rivers so special for those who don't watch him on a weekly basis? Well, Philip Rivers is kind of an odd case study just because for opposing fans and opposing teams, he's polarizing. I mean, he's always going to be jawing out the referees. He's always going to be trash talking, even though, you know, no curse word is actually going to come out of his mouth. So I guess that part's unique. I think the other except thing Except for the middle finger against the Browns. Yeah, except for uh, an incidental middle finger against the Browns, which was caught on videotape, but still was looked more like scratching his face. But with Philip Rivers, the main thing this year that's really set him apart from years past is just his ability to limit the turnovers. He's always been a gunslinger type of mentality. And just the fact that he only has these six interceptions this year has really just taken his game to another level. Obviously, people are probably familiar with the game he had a few weeks ago, completing 28 out of 29 passes against the Cardinals. I mean, look what Aaron Rodgers just did against that Cardinals defense. If you you don't think that's impressive, but with Phillip Rivers, I think what's unique about him is just his competitive drive. He has now the most comebacks from 16 points down in NFL history. And I think that really just shows the type of competitor he is. And I think the biggest things, James, when it comes to Phillip Rivers is just the supporting cast. I mean, you have the 4-12 and 12 and the 5-11 and 11 seasons of a couple years ago. And that's always been the story with Phillip Rivers, is what has the team been able to put around him? And I'm happy for him to say that it looks like he might have one more window with the best supporting cast he's had, I mean, probably since the 14-2 and two season, yeah. maybe even better than that in some aspects. So Philip Rivers has been the ultimate competitor, and that's why he's so fun to watch on any given Sunday. And I think that's what's led to him having you know, better numbers than Eli, better numbers than Big Ben. And obviously the one big number he doesn't have are the Super Bowl rings. But I think if you asked him or if you could get an honest moment, I think that he thinks this could be the year. Yeah, I, I would not be shocked at all. And we will talk plenty about the Bengals. And, and guys, I know you have plenty of questions about the Bengals. We'll dive into those in just a few minutes here on the Locked On Bengals and Locked On Chargers podcast. A couple more questions um, for you both about the Chargers. One I want to ask you about is uh, it's Joey Bosa. He's an Ohio State product. He's someone that a lot of people, a lot of Bengals fans have seen up close, or they might be um, Buckeyes fans as well. He dealt with some injuries. He's returned from those injuries. How has he looked upon his return? He hasn't looked that bad. He started to improve each game. Um, I guess the Steelers, he only had one sack, but he was in there. He was definitely in there. He And Roethlisberger was definitely feeling the pressure and had to step up in the pocket. But I think the number one thing he did against the Steelers was he contained Roethlisberger. He wasn't letting him get outside the pocket on him, which was more of the game plan than it was to sack Roethlisberger. But the other games, he has looked, I want to say, like 80% like Joey Boza. But that's him coming back to game speed. But I think the Steelers game, he definitely looked like himself again. So he's, I would say he's back to full speed. I don't know if Wade would agree with me on him looking like he's back to 100%. But I definitely think he's back to full speed. And I think he's going to show the rest of this season that he could probably lead the team in sacks still after missing almost like over half the year. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, I that think would be crazy that, to see. 
Yeah, I, it would be crazy to see. I mean, he's, I think, two sacks behind the team lead right now in total sacks this year. So he has a, a very legitimate chance to lead this team in sacks when it's all said and done. He's looked great. I mean, he had two sacks the week before that against the Cardinals and had the big sack of Big Ben last week. And the one time Big Ben did go out, it was to the opposite side of him, and it obviously ended up in that touchdown right before halftime. But there is a guy I want to talk to you about and a, a bright spot for your season, and that is Jesse Bates, the safety out of Wake Forest. I'm a huge fan of what he's been able to do, and obviously we have Derwin James over here, but he was a guy that if they didn't get Derwin James, which none of us thought that they would, when we were doing our draft profiles, we were really interested in Jesse Bates. So it's been really nice to see how well he's been able to do, even on a struggling defense. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. And here's the thing. If there's one or two bright spots, big takeaways from the year so far, it would be Jesse Bates. He would have to be one of them because safety was a position that the Bengals wanted to address going into the draft. And I don't think most fans knew who Jesse Bates was coming in. And when they picked him, they were expecting um, Justin Reed from Stanford uh, or someone like that. And it's Jesse Bates from Wake Forest. Who is that? And then you see, and he's this kind of tall, skinny kid. And I think people doubted him. And then he got on the field. And yeah, as, as he made some mistakes, sure, he's a rookie. But he's been great. I mean, he's tackled relatively well. He's had some missed tackles, and that was the not coming out of college for him. But he's shown that, that he has great ball skills. And the problem is this Bengals team is, is giving up so much in front of him that, that he's had to come up and make a ton of tackles. They didn't draft him to be a tackling machine. They drafted him to, to go out there and be, be that center fielder and a guy to uh, make plays on the ball. And he's done that when he's gotten the opportunity to. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're excited to have a guy like Jesse Bates. They've been very impressed with how composed he is. Um, and just talking with him in the Bengals locker room, he is a guy that I think that the Bengals, not only did they get the draft pick right, but I think he's going to be around for quite some time. And you're right. The Derwin James thing, I, I was shocked that he fell that far. I know the Bengals would have taken him at 21. Um, and and <laughs> I, I swear, I know for a fact, they would have ran to the podium and taken Derwin James at 21 had he fallen that far. Um, but they're completely excited. And, and so far, uh, Jesse Bates has delivered on his second round selection. And the best part about it, they traded back, got an extra pick and still were able uh, to get Jesse Bates in round two. So that's uh, that's certainly a W and it looks like a, a big win for the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's absolutely a steal. Hey, you trade back and you still end up getting the guy you want if you're the Bengals. And then obviously another big storyline for you guys has been the injuries Obviously, A.J. Green just came back from a long extended injury and then left the same game. I mean, just looking in really bad shape. And, and you lose your starting quarterback, Andy Dalton, to a thumb injury for the season. I want to ask you personally what you think, it, who you think is the biggest injury outside of those two guys leading to this kind of free fall by the Bengals. Oh, biggest injury outside of those two. Yeah, it's clearly those two. And if I had to rank them, I'd say AJ's injury more important than Andy's. Um, yeah. That being that, yeah, that being said, I would say, and it's crazy to think because most of your listeners probably don't even know who the hell he is, but Nick Vigil, 
has probably been the biggest injury, uh, followed by by Carl Lawson and I'll say Ryan Glasgow as well. All on defense, by the way. You're talking about the league's worst defense. They've had a lot of injuries on that side of the ball. And and Nick Vigil, really, it's not that he's this great all-star player. He's a fine player. He's a, a pretty good athlete. But the problem is, is the rest of their linebackers are below average. Vontez Perfect um, runs a 40-yard dash slower than us three. So <laughs> the, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, he looks so slow and, and just unathletic, and it, it just looks like he just fell off a cliff as far as athletic ability and his linebacking playmaking ability that he used to have. So I think it's Nick Vigil because the moment he went out, they had to turn to a lot of young guys who couldn't cover, who didn't know the scheme, who just gave up. Big plays to running backs, but gave up big plays to tight ends. And not that Nick Vigil's the shutdown guy, but he was their only linebacker that could cover in space and have not having him really hurt this team. Um, and then the other one, um, outside of defense, it's got to be Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert is probably, from a talent perspective, a top five player on the Bengals. He's one of the best tight ends. On, when healthy, and I, it sounds crazy, but it's true still, He's one of the best tight ends in the NFL, a really good route runner. He was starting, just starting to come into his own off of an injury last year, gets into the Atlanta game, and it looks like, it feels like he already had a touchdown in that game before he got injured. It felt like he was about to go off and and, and just have a huge day, a breakout day, a comeback performance. And um, really since then, the Bengals' offense has started to drop, has started to tank. If you just look at the numbers, um, they all dropped when Tyler Eifert went down. And I think that has a, a, a couple things. There's a couple factors there. One is Tyler Eifert is really, 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 really good. And especially when you compare him to other tight ends, most of the tight ends in the NFL. The other thing is offensive coordinator Bill Lazor isn't who he we thought he was in the first four or five weeks of the year. And, and it was very apparent when Tyler Eifert went down. So um, those are the injuries that stand out. I, I think Carl Lawson, not, not him not being there, um, really hurts. Torn ACL. He's a second-year pass rusher who they loved um, to, and still do love, but it's just a, a huge loss there. And then Ryan Glasgow is probably the most underrated one. And he's a fifth-round pick in the 2017 draft out of Michigan. It was just a a solid defensive tackle that was really coming in and starting to play well next to Geno Atkins. And instead, he went down with an ACL early in the season as well. So the Bengals, they've been ravaged by injuries. And A.J. Green, I, I I believe he's already on IR. If not, he's about to be on IR. It'll, it'll be the he is 15th. on IR. Okay, so they, they did get announced him on IR. today. He's getting toe surgery. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, I knew it was ligaments in the toe. I just didn't know if they made it official yet. Um, I'm not on the email list anymore now that I'm in Cleveland. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I um, y- y- now that AJ Green's on IR, that's 15 players. Think about that: 15 guys on injured reserve. Now, are all those guys? Starters? Oh, we can think of that. Trust me, we can think of that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is you guys can relate because there's been so many years and maybe you're, it might be this year. Who knows? But but to me, there's been so many years where the Chargers have had the talent and then their their season gets derailed by injury and they end up seven and nine or eight and eight. And Philip Rivers is just having to drag along an injured group to the end and to the finish line. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny that you talk about Tyler Eifert because it just you really feel for a guy like that who has just seemed to end up every season on injured reserve one way or another, supremely talented. And what, when he gets on the field, he's one of the tops at his position, but just can't stay on the field. And the Chargers have 
not the same by any means, but their own guy in Jason Verrett, a corner, a first-round pick yeah. five years ago almost now, and has been, when he plays, a top-flight cornerback, and yet is spending his third consecutive season basically playing zero games. And, John, I know that there's a couple more injuries you can tell James about, which have definitely slowed the Chargers down a little bit this season. Huh. Well, so let's let's start off with Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Melvin Gordon, even though we still won the Steelers game without him, you could just tell in the first half of that game it was a different offense when you were just trying to use Austin Eckler. And in the Titans game this year, I even said it right when I woke up that morning and it said Melvin Gordon out for the game. And I'm like, what the heck happened to Melvin Gordon? We, we were talking about how he's going to go off against the Titans, the 100 yards and stuff, and all of a sudden he's out out of nowhere. <laughs> And I was like, dude, I am not confident about this game no more. And we could not move the ball at all. Our only plays were two big, deep passes. And that couldn't move the ball without Melvin Gordon. And then Joy Bosa being hurt. And the pass rush suffered a lot. And you had the great thing, though, I would say was a blessing in disguise was Isaac Rochelle, Damian Square, Corey Legit, Darius Phylon. All those guys got so much more playing time that. We actually created a lot of depth with Joy Bosa's absence. But when he wasn't there, you could just see the difference in the pass rush. And the offensive line has been a little bit iffy. They've had some injuries here and there that's made it to where they couldn't gel together. The last, I want to say, six games, though, we've had the same offensive line in there. and We just got rid of Joe Barksdale, who missed the game for personal reasons. I'm guessing it was his depression issue that he said he suffers from. So we kind of got rid of the injury link in the offensive line. Tyrell Williams has missed a couple of games this year, which means we had to put Travis Benjamin in, who is literally like a little kid trying to run away from contact. No matter what you do, he wants to run away from it. You can run the jet sweep to him, and right when he gets that line of scrimmage, he'll go, oh, my God, don't hit me, and fall down. Yeah, or just run directly towards the sideline. And the other guy we didn't mention, and that is – Hunter Henry, the Chargers Pro Bowl caliber tight end, who's been out the entire season. But there are rumors that he's progressing very well and actually could make a return this season. As, you know, Charger fans know, we'll believe it when we see it. But there actually is a precedent for it because Melvin Ingram actually tore his ACL in offseason activities and made it back for the game against the Bengals. In the playoffs in 2013, James. Don't remind me. <laughs> but, and I he mean, had interception that game, too. Don't remind yeah, me did. of that game. That was the game that the Bengals were supposed to win. They had just beat the Chargers mm-hmm. a couple weeks prior on the road. And they were supposed to win their first playoff game, it literally in my life. And instead... Um, they didn't. M- Melvin Gordon ran like a, a wild man, right? It was Gordon, right? It was he. No, was he that there? was Ronnie Brown, my friend. That Ronnie was Ronnie, Ronnie Brown. Brown. It, it wasn't even Melvin Gordon. <laughs> I mean, my Melvin gosh. Gordon wasn't even thought of. Yeah, he was. Still yeah, I was going to say he was still at Wisconsin. He might have been a freshman at Wisconsin, but yeah, it's yes. been a while. It means I'm getting old. But yeah, it. Uh, I can't believe you brought that up. It completely derailed my train of thought. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. A Bengals playoff loss. You guys are going to the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Bengals. Andy Dalton can't win when it counts, bro. He can't win in the playoffs, and he can't win in prime time. He's injured. 
What are you talking about? No, I, dude, I, I'm, I'm one of those that, that think the Bengals need to draft a quarterback. He's Daniel Wade and John Kegley. I'm James Erpine. This is a Locked On Chargers. Locked On Bengals crossover. Up next, we'll dive into the game itself, talk a little bit about it, offer up some predictions. Guess who I think is going to win the game? We'll do that coming up in just a second. <laughs> but first, a word from my bookie. Because watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talking about my bookie for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or you're a first-time better, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win. If you hit all three, you could turn 100 bucks into 600 bucks. You can bet on college football, NBA, NHL, college basketball. I mean, you got everything there. Obviously, the NFL, prop bets, in-game betting, live betting. Uh, you can bet over-unders on fantasy points and so much more. Sign up this week, and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. Make sure you follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. And they personally respond to every mention and DM, which is better than some of us, <laughs> me. Uh, don't miss out on the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use the promo code Locked On and get 50% off your deposit bonus. That's promo code Locked On. You play, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, guys, let's dive into this game. Um, I, I don't really see a path, a scenario where the Bengals come out on top. I'm going to come out and say it right now. I do. Um, you do. <laughs> I, I was going to say, do you? Do you? Well, I could name a few things. Like the last three games the Chargers have played against the Bengals in December, the Chargers have lost all of them. We've struggled against the Bengals no matter what the case was, no matter who we, what their roster was. We've struggled against them. I want to say the past nine games against them. And this is including the year when the Bengals had like three wins and we were playing for our playoff lives and you, we went into Cincinnati and got beat 20 to 30 or something like that. I believe <laughs> 20 that was to 34. In 2010. Yeah, I believe that was, yeah, it was 2010. 2010. Carson Palmer to Jerome Simpson. That, that was that game. That was the T.O. Chad Johnson year where those two guys – were very underwhelming, and the, the team was underwhelming, and then they go out there and win that game, and then Carson Palmer demanded a trade and retired for a while. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was the game. And then <clears throat> I remember going to the game in 2013 when they were celebrating the 63 Chargers, and I did everything I could to go to that game. I basically stood out in the parking lot asking everyone for a free ticket for five hours before I got <laughs> one just to go watch that game, and we end up losing it 17-10. to 10. Yeah, but you got your revenge a couple weeks later. We talked yeah. about this already. Yeah, you can't, can't do that. You won the game that mattered. No one remembers Jerome Simpson but me, you know? <laughs> you, you won the playoff game. That, that, you remembered Ronnie Brown. I forgot about That's that. That's the one <laughs> game we won 
in the past five matchups against the Bengals. Yeah, I, I, I but I, I honestly, I just looking at these teams on paper. Look, Jeff Driscoll isn't beating Philip Rivers. Yeah, you know T- Tyler Boyd and John Ross. Why well, I like them and they're hey, young John Ross got some speed though, man. We we struggle against some speedy receivers. Are you messing with me right now? Like, there's no way you really think the Chargers are in trouble. They're nine and three. They just came Bro. back against the Steelers. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback. They're at home, and even though it's not a great home field advantage, there isn't going to be any Bengals fans there. James, I- welcome to my life. <laughs> welcome Bro. to my life. We this have, is the reverse jinx. Wait, have a quote here that we're going to tell you. The Chargers are going to Charger. We will play really good against some of the greatest teams, and oh, then we come on. play down to the worst team. We were the Browns' only win for two years when they – Went one and fifteen and zero and sixteen. Well, I am not as afraid of this game, James. But I mean, what John's saying is, you know, when you've seen something so many times happen, especially you know as a fan or someone watching or you know even covering them, you're always reserved when it comes to what you think is going to happen. I mean, sure. look at the game against the 49ers, against C.J. Beathard. Hey, C.J. Beathard ain't beating Phillip Rivers until Phillip Rivers throws a, a pick six at the very beginning of the game and you're fighting and scratching and clawing your way back to a game you didn't win until the final drive of the game. But the one thing the Chargers have shown that they could do this season is beat bad teams, which hasn't been their M.O. in years past. I mean, even the Broncos team they lost to obviously now looks a lot better than the 3-6 and six team that came into StubHub to beat the Chargers. So I think you're right. This year, I think it is different, James, because the Chargers have shown an ability, and you just saw a couple weeks ago against the Cardinals, even when they spotted them 10-0, they came back to score 45 in a row. So I think it would be much closer to that game than it's going to be the 49ers game, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I just, to me, I, I think that this Bengals team has, I don't want to say thrown in the towel. I, I don't know if it's all their fault, but I, I don't think Marvin Lewis is, is going to be back. It just feels like this is it. And last year it felt like it too. But, but this, this to me feels a lot like the Minnesota Vikings game where they had to go on the road last year and you thought that, oh, maybe they'll have a shot. And then you got out there and that was it. So uh, who knows? Obviously, the Viking, that Vikings game was derailed because the Marvin Lewis news came out that he wasn't going to be back. And of course, he ended up being back. But that that came out when the team was on the bus. <laughs> so wow. going to the, to the Vikings, uh, going to play the Vikings on the road. So that was a tough ask for the team to stay focused there. That being said, um, just giving you guys a prediction, I will go Chargers 34 Bengals oh, 20, and I think that that's being grateful. Um, so I'll say 34-20, and part of that, it might be a late a late score by the Bengals to make the, the score look a little better. Yeah, I like that. And, uh, I mean, I know you guys have your fingers crossed that, you know, Hugh Jackson can just really just step right in there <laughs> and take over the team for the next, you know, 18 years or, or so. But just, I'm just kidding. No one should ever want that. And I don't, you're going to get hate mail from Bengals fans now. Hey, let me, I, there's not, there can't be a single person in the entire world that actually feels that way. But (laughs) the Bengals are a very loyal ownership group. And we've seen that with Marvin Lewis's 
extended time in Cincinnati. I'm thinking along the same lines as you, James, in this game. The Chargers are still going to probably miss Melvin Gordon. It's not clear at this point in the week, but with what the rookie Justin Jackson was able to do last week, I think that will incline them to, you know, give Melvin Gordon another week off because he's going to be so pivotal for them down the stretch of the season in those last three games we mentioned earlier. So I'm seeing a similar scoreline probably for this game. I'm going to go with 37-17 for the final score. John, what do you uh, think is going to happen? Uh, 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 I'm not as confident as you guys, and that's <laughs> because I will be at this game, and <laughs> I have been to, I want to say, uh, I've been to two Bengals games, I believe. Yeah, I've been to two Bengals games, and we've lost both of them, and both of them, we were favored to win. <laughs> Pick the Chargers so, to lose. Then go ahead. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that though, because I also want to keep up with Daniel Wade in our score predictions <laughs> contest that we have going oh on last year. The Bengals are five and seven. They've lost six of seven. They're going to lose Sunday. He say, he's saying all this. He won't pick the Chargers to lose. Make your pick. Uh, we, you guys were th- like three and ten and beat us. <laughs> I remember Hank Bauer on the radio saying, "This is the you think these Bengals may be three and eleven, but this is the greatest three and eleven team in NFL history right here." And I'm like, "Oh my God, Hank, stop telling me that! I don't want to lose the playoffs." <laughs> I'm gonna have to say the Chargers do win this game, but uh, I, I have a hard time thinking it's gonna be a blowout. I'm going to have to go somewhere along the lines of 27-13 Chargers. 27-13. Okay, we're not far. Okay. We're not yeah, far yeah. off at all. All right. Well, uh, guys, where can uh, where can my listeners, especially because your listeners obviously are familiar with your work, where can my listeners find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, and you can find John Kegley on Twitter by searching John Kegley. That's K-E-G. L-E-Y on Twitter and obviously on Locked On LAC and our Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. But where can our listeners find you, James? I know you got a lot of stuff going on right now. <laughs> yeah, right. The transition <laughs> period. Uh, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Locked On Bengals. I will continue this Bengals podcast throughout the rest of the season. And then after that, it's NBA, Major League Baseball, still do some NFL as well at James Rapine on Twitter there. Guys, this was fun. I hope that, uh, yeah, I, I hope you guys actually make a run. I would love to see Phillip Rivers you know, make a deep playoff run again because he's, he's one of, like I said, one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. I love his trash talk. And honestly, a lot of people haven't, at least I haven't heard this comparison much. I think Baker Mayfield has some Phillip Rivers in him. I know they're not the same size, I think that they have the, the same swag, the same trash talk, and I like it. So I, I will root for, uh, for Philip Rivers. Maybe not root for him Sunday, but uh, I root for him to succeed this uh, in, in January. It'd be cool to see. Yeah, well, make sure you don't say you root for him too much. You don't want that hate mail in your inbox either. But, no, thank you. We appreciate <laughs> that. And, obviously, we're hoping Philip Rivers has one hell of a season as well. And Baker Mayfield, got to love the way that kid plays. And, I hope that he turns into 
you know, what Philip Rivers hasn't been able to do and, and gets a ring one of these days. But thanks, man. It was hey, really Daniel. fun. I'm glad we got to do this. Hey, Daniel, I got a question for you real quick. Be quick about it. How, how, how cool would it be if we made another 21-point comeback against the Bengals this weekend? Yeah, that would be uh, not cool. How about don't go down 21 yeah. points? What's, James, the get Bengals us out aren't of even going to score 21 points. Get what me out of here. Get me yes. out of here. <laughs> well, I will get you out of here. For John Kegley and Daniel Wade, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to our Locked On Chargers and Locked On Bengals crossover. Good stuff there. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens Sunday. Joe Goodberry later this week. Trying to connect with him. My schedule's changed. His schedule, busy this week. We will connect. I hope to talk with Joe on Friday. Until then, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. Give me a follow on Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked On Bengals. And until next time, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.